All right, folks, we have another great interview and you know it, you know, I love the artist and I guess what? Like magic. I love it again. All um, the time. All the time. We're talking to Anastasia Elliott. She is not only a, a music artist, she's a visual artist too. And I'm telling you, I love when people combine mediums to make something really unique. And that's what she is all about. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and just let her take it away because she does way better job explaining it than I can. So I'm Beth Ann. And I'm Leah. And this is She Will Rock You. Where are they getting a dub in a CBS executive meeting? No. Bitch, don't touch my thermostat. <laughs> the ghost be like, pull up before I haul you. Let me turn down the thermostat. Who is this band? We're on page one, guys. This is She Will Rock You. Today, we are here with Anastasia Elliott. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing so good. How are you? We're doing great. I am like super excited to talk with you. I was rocking out to your music today, which we'll talk more about later. But let's just cover the basics. Tell me about your musical journey up to this point. Oh, man, that's such a loaded question. (laughs) Um, Well, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and... My grandfather was chairman of the symphony and the opera and very instrumental in um, being a huge part of the arts in Houston. And so I grew up around the amazing theatrical drama of the opera and the symphony. And I started taking classical piano lessons when I was four and started opera training around nine. And as I got older and started my musical career, it was really important to me to bring that training and my love for classical music into the rock pop music that I make. So I started writing and moved to Nashville like 10 years ago. And, um, and then from there wound up signing to the president of Warner brothers. And I was there for a few years while we made the album and a few of the visuals and then was caught in a lovely regime change and he went over to head Amazon and they let go of a lot of my team and so I decided to take ownership of all of my content and become independent and release this record completely grassroots DIY indie love it so that's, that's, a- that's like my little music my musical journey in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always hard to like boil it fully down um, but I think that's really cool. So you were working with Warner Brothers for a little bit. I was. Yeah. So you kind of like were able to see kind of first firsthand. I mean, that makes sense because I feel like you have such a strong brand. I did. And- I uh, I feel like I've done it at every every level, and that gives me kind of a really fun bird's eye view of how all these different you know, from being independent to being on a label, to being alone, to having an indie team. Like it's, there's positives and negatives to, I think, every aspect of Mm -hmm. every part of, you know, those different sides of the business. So yeah, it's, I've learned a lot in a decade. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And, you know, you're talking a little bit about opera. I want to talk about your songwriting style because you, I definitely hear these awesome storytelling elements throughout your songs I'm curious, how would you say your songs like come to you? Do you like have that kind of like songwriting spark that hits and you got to kind of like 
you hear in your head, you got to pull off the road, pull out your iPhone, pull up the notepad. Like. <laughs> My iPhone is definitely littered with voice memos that sometimes I never look at. And sometimes I do. I've actually been spending time going back through some of the ones that never got some attention to see if there's any gems in there. But writing for me can be very different depending on the project, but I'm very much a concept artist. I don't really enjoy writing one-off things very often. I like to create kind of something big, whether it's an, a concept album or, you know, something that I know is going to have, you know, more of a story to it. So, but the actual songs for me, like I, I start with production. Like I always love to have a producer paired with me and we mm. co-produce a track and then I usually write the melody top to bottom because music and melody are definitely my strengths and then usually a video or a visual comes to mind for me and I get my lyrics from describing that visual I kind of have to backdoor my way into words because it's not my strength <laughs> and I can find the poetry in describing what I see and then that translates to all the visual stuff that I do to support the music because for me as an artist the music's like one piece of the puzzle like obviously mm -hmm. the core piece but um making visuals is equally as important to me as making the music yeah and that was you know because I was going through your music videos today and I can't help but notice like how striking they are I can just like tell like it's very evident like you and your team have like thought through every step of that process from symbolism to theme to imagery and I just love love seeing that and I know you were kind of saying like you know music is one part of the puzzle you're you have this visual artist side as well is there like would you say there's like a vision or experience you want to take your audience through through those pieces absolutely um I was also going to say for the writing, sometimes I don't know what I'm writing about until much later, which is, um, has been a really cool thing for me with this album in particular, because yeah, totally. I've had it for a while. And so it's, even though it's coming out now to everyone else, it's been with me for a bit and um, songs like change meanings to me or I'll like be like, oh my gosh, I wrote this song five years ago and this is what I was going through in life. And I didn't even know that that was what I was writing about. But now that I can look at it in hindsight, or even crash landing. I was in a, my plane crash on my way to finish writing crash landing. Like I feel like art manifested life at that yeah. point. That's crazy. But, um, but yeah, the visual side of things, oh my gosh, I just love it so much. Um, I, when I kind of started putting together this concept album, it was about what started with the plane crash and my name means resurrection. So the whole theme of La Petite More is death and resurrection and all the personal deaths that we go through in our life experiences, be that traumatic things or relationships that aren't great or, you know, parts of ourselves that we kill off and shed. So the visual album is kind of an abstract storyline that to me can be interpreted in a few different ways, but that's the fun of leaving it up to the viewer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's Easter eggs. There's things hidden and everything. Like my small team and I, we design and manufacture all the clothes and all the sets and 
all the props like no way because the clothes in it is like top notch yeah we make everything that's That's amazing and like yeah even the set design for some of these pieces like i was uh cigarette and gasoline i was Mm -hmm. watching and like just seeing the table they have set up in the in the old abandoned house like it was just so well executed thank you that house is actually like five minutes from my house then we drove by it one day and I think they were um it was like the week before they started restoring this historic home this couple bought it to live in and so I got to shoot there right That's before they started so like awesome. tearing it up and I spent my mom and I spent like three months sourcing props and art direction for that one wow that's a um and that one I partnered with a bunch of really cool designers to make the clothes for that one so cool that is yeah that's really awesome my my thing is definitely a figuring out how to stretch a dollar (laughs) yeah (laughs) which means a lot of blood sweat and tears for me in that video there's some of my literal blood as well um when I smashed (laughs) the bottle over the mannequin's head Uh they were sugar bottles but it was so cold it was 28 degrees when we were filming wow and there's like outtakes that you can I should put out but you um can see like the brim of my hat like shaking or like because I had to like still myself for every shot but I couldn't feel my toes for like eight hours it was insane but the sugar when it cut like when it broke it cut my finger and it flicked blood all over his face so I was like yes real effects (laughs) hey you know that's called a winning shot sometimes yeah (laughs) I always say like if I haven't gone through something horrifically physically uncomfortable in a video it's not good enough so every video has got its story of how I like that like perfectly uncomfortable (laughs) actually make it a challenge not just like sitting playing guitar not that I have anything wrong with those but Mm -hmm. like make it something that is what people haven't seen before yes that's the goal that's always the goal absolutely and you actually just released a music video today for london and it's release day yes and this baby i've been waiting for so long to put this one out i love this song and everyone listening this needs to be on your summer playlist i plan on listening to this summer in like a big fantastic luxurious long robe while sipping a homemade (laughs) cocktail like that is the vibes it gives me um but yeah i that kudos to you that was an amazing music video thank you i loved it from start to finish and now that i know you're like making your own outfits on top of it oh yeah so this one had some of my favorite costuming um the black dress at the beginning of the video we hand dyed all the lace and wow made the like you know inner hoops for it it was that was a fun one, but the uh, white dress was definitely probably, it's definitely one of my favorite costume pieces we've made, but it's made out of old geometry textbooks. Um, yes. And I love it. The uh, body is part mannequin and the wings. Oh my gosh. That's, so much, so much fun. <laughs> I love that so much. Weeks and weeks. <laughs> I'm sure. I can only imagine. And walk me through a little bit of the songwriting process for the single because I think the song is like really unique one is called London you talk about London in the beginning part and then it just goes into this love story (laughs) which I think is it's really you know I think most people kind of just choose the hook and they're like all right that's the title 
but you kind of go a step above and beyond that. So walk me through it a little bit. I feel like a lot of the songs in the album, their titles are not the hook. And I think for me, when I title a song, I try to pick the word in the song that is the most, that, that gives me the strongest visual of what I want the feeling to be. So I picked London because the song is about soulmates, but it's definitely a dark twist on it. Cause obviously from my point of view, it's, you know, being completely in love with somebody and it feeling like many lifetimes and maybe it is like the video shows and them not really remembering or reciprocating. And London to me kind of has that like glamour and romance, but it's also very gloomy. And when I think of yeah. it, it's gray skies and it's, it's a, got a sad romance to it. So that was why I chose that for the title. And the songwriting process, I wrote this with two of my favorite collaborators, Kat Gravitt and Gerald O'Brien. And when we wrote, when, I don't know, Kat and I just always get weird. I love <laughs> I love writing with them. But the, the demo is a little bit more pop than I wound up producing the final. And there was actually another pre-chorus that was in there that I took out for the final. <laughs> but yeah. It came together. Thank you. Wonderfully. I mean, like I said, that is going to be my summer pop. I can just feel it going on <laughs> the playlist. Yes. Listen to her. She knows it, what If you have about. any like cocktail <laughs> recommendations to go with it or like even a London fog, like latte um, or something yes, like that. I'm about to a video for a purple London fog. Ooh. Ooh. Perfect. Okay. Well, maybe I can also um have a, a section where I, I do a, a spiked London fog. Yeah. Yes. I'll do that for you. I'll do that for you. Oh. You make you promised me a TikTok or a reel about yes. it for you. I will make it happen. <laughs> you anytime like Deal. anytime there's like because I love making cocktails in the summer because I like grow mints and I do uh -huh. fruit and things like that. So you make it, you send it I to just, us. I just came up with it. You'll see. You'll see. Oh, I cannot <laughs> wait. And also you bring up purple because that was actually gonna be my next question. First off, purple is one of my favorite colors. So yeah. we we have that going for us. But w does a color like translate to like, how does it translate within your artist brand? Because I mm -hmm. love like, one, I love a good consistent theme. But is there any other like brand things that you're trying to establish with it? Yes. Um, purple has always been a color that I've surrounded myself with. Like since I was a kid, my room Growing up was purple. I had a purple shag carpet and purple walls and a purple yes. bed. And I I don't know that I ever considered it my favorite color. I don't know that I have a favorite color, but it was just a color I wanted around me all the time. Like even my studio, you can't really see it with the curtains, but it's a it's a purple, purple den. <laughs> and um, I am really into all kind like obviously deep meanings behind things so when I started researching the color theory behind it and learning more about purple my name means the resurrection and nobility and it's both the color of the resurrection and of nobility purple oh, wow. is the color of the crown chakra which is creativity it's the color of transformation individuality self-expression boldness um it's it's a color that inspires uniqueness. And when I started 
learning about it. And I mean, I've had purple hair for a very, very, very long time, like 11, 12 years now. Wow. Um, and I don't see that ever changing. It's to me like the essence and aura of what I'm always striving to align with of being like my most creative, bold, expressed self. Yeah. And so then I created the community that I call my fans, the purple cult. And I have this podcast that I do called the purple sessions where I interview fascinating people about creativity and mental health. And yeah, it's, it's kind of for me, like the grounding through line of energy that I try to put everything, like it's the lens that I try to see everything I do through. Yeah. And I want hope to inspire in others to live their most creatively empowered selves. I love that. I mean, that's so cool how it ties in with your name. And I mean, like I was saying, you have such an amazing like creative and visual side as well as musical side. So I think it's definitely a color that suits you. Thank you. I just, yeah, I can't can't do anything without very deep meaning. It's just not fulfilling. I feel that. We're purple. We're purple. (laughs) There you go. I love it. Well, I, I know we were talking a little bit before about this in the beginning, but you do have a full length album coming out. Do you have any like sneak peek details that you can give us a little bit about the project? Well, the title is La Petite Moire, which I have not really announced yet. Um, and it's it means in French, the little death or orgasm. And so the album explores all of those themes. <laughs> and I love it. Um, it's a very... Well, now we're on track three of the 13 song album. So it explores many genres. It's very genre bending. It, I wrote it intended to be listened to top to bottom with its visuals. So I'll be releasing it that way uh, every 60 days-ish, a song and visual. And yeah, it's a, it's a big old, a big old experience. <laughs> I love That's it. So I mean, cool. I mean, that makes sense for sure for your artistry. Like I want a music video for each one. Well, you got it. <laughs> I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Well, as before we get into the lightning round questions that Leah has prepared, mm-hmm. um, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on any streaming service. Definitely follow me on Spotify or Apple music and YouTube, all the music videos and my interview series is on there. My Purple Sessions interview series is also about to be on podcasting platforms once I find an hour in my schedule to get that (laughs) together, hopefully this week. Um, You can also find me on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter under at Anastasia Elliott. And... Yeah, I think that's that's everywhere. And my website, AnastasiaElliott.com. You can sign up for my newsletter called The A-List, where every month I send out all kinds of fun BTS and recipes and, yeah, fun things Ooh, that nobody fun. else gets. Which, shout out to your website. Um, I love it. I love that Thank it starts you. with an experience of, like, a fortune teller, and then you scroll down, and there's all the tarot cards. Like, Thank you. Um, there needs to be more emphasis on user experience, like, yes. especially on the experience part of it. 
Yeah. Thank I'm, you. I'm tired of these that boring ass Squarespace websites. That means anyway, because it's a lot of time and it's a lot of effort, and sometimes yes. you can be like, "Damn, I just spend so much time on this, and I don't even know." If it's it, a little thing. Well, <laughs> me and Leah both come from marketing, so we appreciate the little things, the little oh, nooks and crannies and Easter eggs. Like we're we're here for it. Then you'll have fun with this project because I have put so many little Easter eggs. Oh, I can't wait! I love it. And we just started. I just started writing for album two, so Ooh, I'm very excited yeah. as I as I start putting this baby into the world. It's actually the thing I had to do to feel comfortable and ready to put number one into the world because I've held on to it and been building it for so many years. Because it without any kind of backing, being independent, it took a long time to build what I'm doing yeah. now. But to feel like all right, it's time. I had to like figure out what project two is going to be. So I could like, all right, moving on, moving on. Can I get one out so I can have two? Yeah. And album two. Oh, it's going to be so cool. Oh, I cannot wait. Like everything I'm hearing now, like I just get so excited. Like I love people who think through every little step. So also shows, live shows. We're about to be playing. uh, If you're in Nashville, we're playing June 15th. Uh, oh nice and and um we're currently working on booking a lot more shows so definitely stay tuned with the website and the social media yes coming through virginia that's where we're at virginia yeah Mm -hmm. you got it you should send me some of your favorite venues or any cool bands you know there oh yeah okay we could definitely do that but definitely come to the show because it's as much of an experience as everything else that's awesome all right. Lightning round question. Lightning round. First up, what is a state that you've never been to, but it's on your bucket list? Utah. Ooh, interesting. I hear it's really beautiful. Also Wyoming. I really want to go to Jackson Hole. My husband I, I would in like Utah. to go to, I, I haven't really been to a lot of the middle of the country. Like I'm from Texas, but I haven't really been to a lot of mm-hmm. the middle where like all the state parks are. And that's definitely in the uh hopefully soon plans to, to go see those places yeah my husband lived like an hour from salt lake city growing up yes. and i've seen the pictures it's gorgeous but yeah. i also have told him we need to get out there so i can see it for myself yeah the west has all the cool parks we don't have mm-hmm. much on the east coast no. mm-hmm. uh, so if you weren't making music as your job what would you be doing baking mm. baking i would Definitely, I would have a restaurant, which I'm still in the plans someday, but I love cooking a lot. I love that. Also, a very creative outlet. Yes. (laughs) What is an artist that you're currently obsessed with? Hmm. I am currently really digging deep into Radiohead's catalog. Mm. I... I don't really consume a lot of music. I honestly forget that listening to music is even a thing, which is a terrible thing coming from an artist, but it's what I do and it's in my head all the time and I'm creating it. And I, I kind of, I don't have a lot of time to discover new music. And 
so my my partner actually is a music journalist and when he came into my life I started listening to a lot more music because he makes playlists for me and I kind of have like my own private curator I love it it's so cool listening to stuff he's listening to he's got great taste so that's upped my intake of music but as a writer I never really love to be influenced by anything outside so when I'm going through periods of writing I don't really listen to any music other than some classical maybe um but right now Radiohead I'm the kind of person that will like get obsessed with like one thing for a couple Mm -hmm. weeks and I'll just like listen to it over and over again or like one artist and then then move on to the next thing but, I, like that. Uh, I actually I took an edible a couple of weeks ago and Radiohead came on and I was like, oh, that will do that. it. <laughs> That'll do I, it. I listen to this music, but never like this. And uh, yeah, so that's why I was like, wow, I, I need to like really listen to this more. <laughs> You really you listened listen to Radiohead it. in a whole yeah. creep came out in a whole other lens. <laughs> it really did. The the uh, simplicity and intricacy of his production is fantastic. And I, I actually learned the other day he doesn't know how to read music, which is so interesting. Really? Because of a lot of the artists out there, I would have thought Tom York would know how to read music. Right. That's yeah. cool. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. One day we'll cover them on the podcast and we can mm. throw out that fact. Yeah. Uh, the last question is the one that we ask everyone who comes on the show. If you were a cereal, what would you be and why? This is a very serious question. It is. If I were a cereal, what would I be? This is tough because that's different than what's your favorite cereal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's the ultimate personality <laughs> test. I understand. It really is. That's a great question. I think I would have to choose um, tricks. Good choice. I can tricks. see it. It's um, colorful and flavorful and it colors your milk. And I think every every little piece that you get is an exciting thing. I love that. Variety. There you go. But like '90s tricks when they were actually shaped like yes. fruit, not yes. the boring round, not the circles, balls. What? Now that's a thing. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not fruit shaped. Oh no, '90s tricks like the tricks when I was growing up. Yes, the mm. fancy yeah, that's tricks. Bullshit. They, they, how could you cut corners? It's already cereal. <laughs> it's just corn. it's already low on the totem pole exactly. of nutrition. Like, I mean, just <laughs> just give me the shapes, just damn give it. Us the shapes. <laughs> yeah, there was like a whole thing where someone was like is tricks round now because we're adults and tricks is for kids and we just can't see it. And I was like, I don't need that kind of existential crisis. No, thank you. I actually haven't had cereal in 10, 15 years. I can't even remember the last time I had cereal. Now I want it. Um, I, I, I am not okay though with the Tropicana cereal. Have you seen that? Yes. That needs to not exist. Not no. okay. And if anyone ever gives you that answer on this show, you need to not air their episode. They're clearly <laughs> I'll probably end the interview right then and there. Like, all right, we're done here. Er, delete, delete from files. Sorry. <laughs> well, Anastasia, this has been such a fun interview. Thank you so much Thank for being on the podcast. So Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the show. Special thanks to Death of Fawn for our intro riff. You can visit our website at shioraku.com. There you can find links to our socials, the show notes, and you can reach out to us and contact us. And remember, don't do drugs.